What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Good Friday morning, dude. It is a numbers game at VSIN, the sports betting network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, and of course, the DK Network, Gil Alexander, Kelly Midland, live from Bar Canada at the D, downtown Las Vegas. Football, 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 Kelly. Yeah, let's go. Kelly Bidelon, everybody. Producer number nine. So much more than a producer. Uh, let me just start with a uh, grievance. Uh, I gave the uh, the the, uh, the Christmas gifts to everybody, and I find out that they're not betting futures. They're just betting with it. Random events. This is already. We're talking bro- about one. I, I, I'm sorry. I gave the I gave the okay. Breaking of the rules already. It's already a violation. Oh, you try to do something good. Oh, uh, anyway, uh, on the show today, Matt Brown will talk uh, football with us. We usually, uh, I usually start the show, Kelly, by rhapsodizing about something uh, in the first segment, by waxing poetically, some would say. Uh, not today. Dr. Bob is on father duty this morning, so he's going to join us from the outset. Uh, the great Dr. Bob Stoll, who's kind enough to uh, do a little five minutes with us or 10 minutes with us before he takes the kids to where he needs to take them. We'll do that. Jason Weigard from Under Cloud of Smoke. Chris Felica will join us to talk NFL Wildcard Weekend, the host of the Bear Bets pod, both football versions, college and pro. Uh, and we'll talk Australian Open, what he's betting in the Australian Open as well. This is the greatest, t- I'm telling you, man, Wildcard Weekend and the beginning of the Australian Open. It's awesome. And after this show, Drew Dinsick and I will do a... Uh, a deep dive, if you will, see what I did, into the Australian Open, where um, we'll just go player by player. We'll talk about the draw, uh, post-draw sort of podcast on this, who that helps, who that hinders, where his bets lie. We'll get into that a little later on with uh, Drew on the Megapod, but we'll do it with uh, Chris Felica here as well. I added a bet, uh, Kelly. I did take a flyer on Iga not to drop a set. Even with her bad draw, not to drop a set, 18 to 1. Oh, okay. So we shall see. Like it. We shall see. No quarters in town, by the way. <laughs> so brutal, man. Come that, on. Uh, wait, wait, okay, is that, but is that a, uh, is that one that you struggle to find always or for or no, in past the, tournaments that they've no, been up? No, they, had, they had gotten that last year, finally, with the new Caesars app. And then as of last night, I didn't see anything. 
But even last year, that was the only only app in town that had it. Pretty much. Or only place As in I town. can recall. Yeah, pretty much. It is brutal. MGM has it outside of Nevada, but not in Nevada kind of thing. Anyway, um, so before we get to Bob here, one note, of course, in case you missed it this morning, one of the seven NFL head coaching vacancies has been filled. We mentioned Gerard Mayo earlier in the week as a likely uh, possibility to replace Bill Belichick. Here's what we did not know. It was written in his contract. Those things are not on file with the league office, or at least not made public, I should say. They're yeah, filed right. with the yeah. league office, but not made public. So Gerard Mayo was going to be the Patriots' successor to Bill Belichick. We were speculating. We didn't know that it was going to be factual. He is. Uh, played with the Patriots from 2008 to 2015. Was named team captain in his second year. Um, won a Super Bowl with the Patriots. And now becomes, Kelly, the youngest coach in the National Football League at the age of 37, one month younger than Sean McVay, who for the first <laughs> time incredible. in his Rams coaching life gets to say he is no longer the youngest coach in the NFL. Feels like McVay's been there forever now, too. Wow. <laughs> was it, I think he was 32 when he got hired. Don't hold me to that. But I believe he was 32. So both of these guys are 37, but Mayo a month younger. So uh, Gerard Mayo, the new head coach of the New England Patriots, which leaves seven vacancies still to be filled. And of course, Jim Harbaugh is still out there. Dr. Bob joins us now, ladies and gentlemen, the great Bob Stoll at drbobsports on Twitter, drbobsports.com, pioneer in using predictive algorithms to give us the outcomes of sporting events. He joins us now. How you doing, Bob? I'm doing all right. Up bright and early. What are, what are the fatherly duties that you have to perform this morning before, before we well, let you go? Yeah, I have to. I have to run my kid to school. My wife had a uh, previous engagement this morning, so mm. I am uh, hustling the kids out to school this morning. All right, submitting ballots to Father of the Year candidacy, Father of the Year award right <laughs> now. Well done. Okay, Wild Card Weekend, Super Wild Card Weekend. You have a bet that you like above all. What do you like? Well, sort of surprising. Uh, it's going to be super cold in Kansas City on Saturday night. Zero temperatures around zero, 14, 15 mile an hour winds somewhere in there with some gusts. And because of that, the total has been beaten down. The wind is a factor. I mean, 14, 15 mile an hour winds is certainly a factor, and that's in my in the model. But people get overexcited about, ooh, it's going to be super cold and the temperature's near zero. There's never been a study that shows temperature has anything to do with scoring. It's just wind, precipitation, and surface type, aside from the players and everything else. But outside forces, um, temperature does not have anything to do. In fact, there's studies that show that really hot games are more lower scoring than really you know cold games. So... Um, I think the line is lower than it should be because of that. And there are tons of other factors. And how long do you have? Because here's a list. We got time. (laughs) First of all, Jalen Waddle is going to be back for the Dolphins. That makes a big difference. The last two weeks when Waddle was out uh, to a tag of a low average, just 5.8 yards per pass play uh, compared to 7.5 yards per pass play in the 14 games. He's had Waddle and Tyreek Hill on the field. That makes a difference. He should also have time to, to throw. They've, they've had some injuries on the offensive line. Uh, Pro Bowl left tackle Taron Armstead's been out for six games. Starting right guard Robert Hunt has missed six games, including the last four games. That's a big difference. Hunt Having Hunt is huge. I mean, having Armstead obviously is great um, since he doesn't give up a lot of pressures on the outside. But Hunt is huge because the Chiefs have Chris Jones, who led the league uh, interior lineman in pressure rate. Well, Hunt only conceded five pressures in 314 pass-blocking snaps. His backup, who's 
played for you know has played basically half the season, has given up 20 pressures, four times as many, in about the same amount of pass blocking snaps. So having Hunt back to help contain Chris Jones certainly helps. Um, Kansas City does have a little bit of an outside rush with uh, Carlaftis, uh, who ranks 17th in pressures on the outside, but he's up against right tackle Austin Jackson, who's third in the league in pass blocking efficiency. So I don't think Kansas City is going to get the pass rush. Uh, and two, two will have more time than he's had in recent weeks with two of his offensive linemen out. But I think that's going to certainly uplift the Miami pass attack, which has been a little, in the, you know, a little bit down recently compared to earlier in the season. Um, and I think that the, the the pass attack in general is going to work well despite the win. <clears throat> and they can also run the ball. They're fifth in the league in rush success rate. Kansas City's defense is 28th in the league in expected points added per per run on defense. So if they are not having great success throwing it. They can still run the ball. So I think there's going to be offense for Miami. Um, and on the other side of the ball, Dolphins stopped the run really well. The top in the league, tops in the league in, in the advanced metrics <clears throat> against the run. <clears throat> but I don't think the Chiefs are going to force the run against a really good run defense. That means Patrick Mahomes is going to be throwing the ball, which is great. He should have some time to find his receivers. Um, Kansas City's off interior offensive line. Uh, are, are responsible for only 34% of the pressures against Mahomes this year, which is second fewest in the league. Um, and they'll be up against a couple pretty good interior defenders in, in Zyler and Kristen Wilkins, who are 16th and 17th in pass rushing efficiency. But Kansas City's offensive line is better than those two guys. So I don't think they're going to get a lot on the inside, which is a problem because the Dolphins don't have any edge rushers. Phillips, Chubb, and Ginkle, and Good, Good are all out. So four edge rushers are out for the Dolphins that, that combined for 87% of their edge defender pressures this year. And those four guys combined are worth about two points to the total. Um, so I think both quarterbacks will have time to throw. And then you get, you know, Travis Kelsey should have a, have a good game. He's got a good matchup here. Uh, the Dolphins are, you know, giving up a 57% success rate to tight ends, which is 26 in the league. So Kelsey has been slumping a little bit lately. I, you know, that's a lot of that has to do with matchups. I think he'll have no problems against Miami. Um, and Xavier Howard's out for the Dolphins, their best cornerback. Um, he's worth a, he's worth a couple points. He gives up 2.0 yards per target less than his backup Eli Apple. Um, so that's huge. So I think there's a lot of things that really favor the over. The total um, the total is lower than it should be because of the cold. And I don't think the cold has anything to do with it. You know, there should be lower scoring because of the wind, but they're adding a little bit more to it because it's also going to be cold, which I don't think matters. So. I see a lot of value on the over. I predict 48 points in the game, and it's 43 and a half right now. And that is why we have you on, Bob, because we haven't had a deep dive into the offensive line play on either side. We haven't mentioned Robert Hunter, Austin Jackson on the Dolphin side specifically. That is why we have you on for that kind of insight. And so for the the other, you know, the big narrative of this game, right? If you listen to most, is oh well, they're they're from Miami. What they quit this word. They're from Miami. It's going to be so cold for them. I was trying to make the point yesterday that when it gets to a certain temperature, it's cold for everybody. How much do you buy in at all to that kind of narrative? Uh, a little bit. I mean, there has been some studies done that cold, you know, warm weather teams or dome teams don't travel as well in cold weather, especially in the playoffs. There's been something to that. Um, not enough for me to really factor it in on the side. Um, like you said, it's cold for both teams, and it's the playoffs. So yeah. I think uh, I think Miami's offense will be fine. All right, 45 seconds. Uh, is there anything else, side or total, that you like as much as that or, or enough to mention anyway? 
No, there's really not. There's a, there's going to be some player props that I'm going to dig into um, that, you know, and those have done really well over the, over the years in the playoffs. I'll dig into some player props, but, but nothing else really stands out okay. this week. There's a lot of games that are really kind of like, eh, you know. All right. Uh, that's, that's what we need to hear. Over on the Dolphins and the Chiefs right now, that total consensus at 43. Bob, go take care of the kids. We appreciate it, man. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. The great Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob Sports on Twitter, drbobsports.com. Bob Stoll, if you're scoring at home. S-T-O-L-L. Great dude, too. So that's his play. Over 43 Dolphins Chiefs, where, again, uh, temperature's supposed to be super-duper cold. Single digits at most. Not quite as windy as it will be in Buffalo, where winds now a little bit tampered down. Mm. No one's mentioning 50 uh, miles per hour anymore, but up to about 30 miles per hour in terms of the gusts and beyond in Buffalo, which yeah, we'll that, get into. That total keeps ticking down, though. That is, it's 35. There's a 34 and a half I'm looking at right in front of me. So, yeah, Buffalo, that total keeps going down. All right. Matt Brown joins us, the host of uh, All Angles podcast and, of course, The Handle here at VEASAN on weekends. We'll talk to him game by game, all six, super wild car weekend, nothing but football and tennis on a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. With Omaha Steaks, you'll fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, juicy burgers, air chilled chicken, and more. Oh, more is good too. Mm-hmm. You're going to love every bite. It's Omaha Steaks guarantee. And for a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com slash vsin, you'll get four free air-chilled boneless chicken breasts and four free rich, juicy, boneless pork chops with your order. Oh, minimum purchase may apply. 50% off and $30 off? Man, that's a steal right there. Stealing steaks. Which mathematical thing do you do first? That would... uh that would also alter things. Yeah, and I don't know. Just that <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't be deep diving into that, but yeah, you're right. That would matter. <laughs> it's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin. Matt Brown joins us once again from a, uh, a floating handle, which we don't know exactly yes. when it's on. A floating handle. It will be on at some point on Saturday and Sunday. That's right. So you just got to listen all day long. All you just got, yeah, you just got to tune in all day. All angles. Which is pro is tip right on. there. Let's oh. listen all day long. There it is. That's the tip. <laughs> just listen all day long until you hit the handle and then stay listening once you hear it. Uh, okay, so the next two games, talking about Saturday night now, is the Dolphins at the Chiefs. We're just talking to Dr. Bob about how cold it's going to be there. We had Kevin Roth on from Roto Grinders, your buddy also, uh, yesterday. It's going to be freezing. Bob likes the over here. And then Sunday morning's first game is the wind game between the Bills and the Steelers, where the Bills are 10-point favorites. I have noticed, sir, mm-hmm. that you have steered clear of both. Is that correct? I have. Um, is that because of you? You just don't want to deal with it? So I originally put on Sunday night a Dolphins plus three and a half in my account with the caveat that I said on is like, I this is injury. This is injury report dependent and depending on how this all breaks i might i might buy off of this well shortly after that i mean like three hours after the lines open towards the end of our show whenever they say oh by the way we're gonna be down three defensive starters already like they knew that those guys were already done so and then you go in and now we get this injury report that came through not great again for the dolphins in which we're looking at at zavin howard being out for them and then you also have pretty key guys that are questionable in there. You know, Javon Holland is questionable. Raheem Mostert is questionable. Jalen uh, Waddle is questionable. It was just too much for me to to try and handicap as to what this offense is going to look like at all. Against a Chiefs team that, let's be fair, has not looked good <laughs> it's, all season it's, long. It's and the four one. and a half still seems like a big number. It's, but Yeah, that, that was my whole handicap yeah. on Monday because I did take the Dolphins yeah. plus three and a half, and I get it. I got the worst of it because it's four and a half now. But that that's my thing. It's sort of like, and I feel like, and I know I'm not, but I feel like I was telling Kelly this way, where it's like I feel like I'm the only human being on the Dolphins in this. Um, but it just... That's the inconvenient detail right yeah. there, right? Which is, have y'all watched the Kansas City Chiefs play this year? Like, what what is there? Then, then you go and you like break up the season. And so, listen, season long stats can be misleading. Certainly, heading into the playoffs, right? Like, do we want to know what did they really play like the second half of the season? Then what did they play like kind of those four or five weeks leading into the playoffs? Right. And I, the reason I say four or five weeks is because like some teams didn't play anybody in week eighteen, so you kind of have to flop that off of there. And, and you look at the Chiefs. And as amazing as that defense was the first half of the season, in which we were sitting there talking historically good and blah, 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 blah. They're like middle of the pack over the second half. And that's not bad. They're not bad. But it's not this like, oh, it's the number one defense in the NFL. Oh, it's a, it's they're setting all these records. They're literally like 15th, 16th, 17th in several different categories over the second half of the season. So it is not this lockdown, crazy good defense that we saw either. And so now you couple the fact with that the offense has looked clunky all season long. And – 
now this weather thing comes into play. I, I will say this. If this weather, uh, I, I will say even though it's not in my account right now, if, if this injury report goes at least halfway decent for me, I will take the four and a half on the Dolphins for sure. Because yeah. I don't think a run out victory, given the conditions, given everything that's gone on. I know we think high flying offense because of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and Tua throwing it all over the place. And those are the highlights and stuff. But this is actually a super highly, highly efficient rush offense as well for the Dolphins. And so if this comes down to a, a point where the wind and I mean the, the weather's so incredibly terrible they cannot move the ball through the air it's not like it's this massive disadvantage for the Dolphins I think we think like oh because Tyree Kill and Tua and Waddle that all they can do is pass the ball but that's not the case this is one of this is a top five rushing efficiency offense over the course of the NFL season so I'm I'm I am more on your side than I am on the other side with all of this and if you're if you are one of those guys that goes and looks at game logs just remember that the, the that game they played was that was in Germany. It was a really weird game. It was like yeah. where the Chiefs scored all 21 in the first half. One of them was a defensive score. Then the Dolphins only scored 14. All of that came in the third quarter. I would not take anything from from that game. That was just like one of the weirdest games we I watched all all season long. So I think you just fresh handicap this one, which is in my personal opinion a very average Chiefs offense, a defense that has regressed. Not bad. I'm not saying they're bad, but they were one or two in every single category now they're more 15 16 and all the categories over the second half of the season and you're getting four and a half points with a team that i think can run the ball pretty good on them that's saturday night mm-hmm. on peacock unless you're in kansas city miami i'm told if you have youtube tv you also get it by the way uh forgive me oh, for, okay. for the uh, uh, the tweeter who uh i didn't identify and that also that. just applies to the u.s i know that much so if you're in Canada or wherever else that you get regular NFL oh. coverage, it's on your normal NFL channel. How convenient. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Exactly. I don't know if they even have the peacock in, in, <laughs> in other countries, you know? Like, it's, 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 we don't know that. You, you, you don't know. services aren't worldwide? I would think so. Always funnier when you throw the the in front of it. <laughs> All right. So Sunday morning, uh, the Bills and the Steelers. Steelers, 10-point dogs. I took the points here. But this is the game where, you know, depending on what Doppler you're reading here, yes. and Anywhere between 25 mile per hour winds to 40 mile per hour gusts is kind of akin to that Bills Patriots game we remember yeah. from a few years back. Yeah, I, for me, it, so I don't, I don't, I don't have anything in this one. I guess you would always lean towards taking 10 points in a game with a 35 total. I think the only thing that scares me off is just we look last week and we see like that game between the Jets and the Patriots and it was a 17-3 game. And it's like you're, you know, they, they, they would have covered the 10 points, you know, in this in a game that was ugly and sloppy and disgusting, which was the only thing kind of in the back of my mind that, that kept me off of taking the points with the Steelers. If you do want to kind of look at just overarching stuff heading into this game, one of the weird things about the the Bills since Brady took over as the offensive coordinator is he's just made this a much, much more run heavy and run focused team. And James Cook averaging nearly 17 carries per game. He's getting about three and a half targets per game. All of those are very close. It's just extension of the run game type targets. So you're really looking at a guy who's getting about 20 attempts per game. Josh Allen over the last two weeks in these must win scenarios, he has 27 carries over the last two weeks as well. So I know it's a low total, But if we believe that the weather is going to be a factor, if we believe that this could really affect like one foregoing any sort of field goal attempts in that mid 40 ish range and now you go for it and that doesn't equal always that isn't always going to equal points or or whatever, or it at least extends these drives much, much, much longer. 
I think even at 35, I mean, like it's probably an underplay for me when it's all said and done. I don't have a ton of conviction that either one of these teams is going to light up the scoreboard given the conditions and things that are going on. I think the Bills just want to run the ball. I think that that is something they just have decided that they want to be. That's their identity at this point. And, you know, you could easily see a scenario in which this is just the, you know, the Bills could be like, I mean, it's 10 points. So, I mean, could it be a scenario where it's 20 to 10 and, you know, and the Bills just run the clock out. They just have a four minute drive in which it just kills the the rest of the game and stays under the 10 comes into play. Maybe, maybe not. So I would, uh, I would lean under in that one, even though it's not in the account quite yet. How much more rich is this weekend though, with the two weather games? It's so awesome. It's what makes football so great this time of year. Uh, Let's go to the second game. We'll squeeze this. This one in uh, the Cowboys seven and a half now seeing seven right uh, yeah, seven point seven. favorites hosting the Green Bay Packers down to the seven here yeah I took I took it at the seven and a half um, on the Packers and it is really wild because you know listen you, you you just have to do some some stuff where you go in you know man I was really really wrong about that and like the beginning of the season I was just really really wrong about Jordan Love I thought that you what we saw from him is no matter how long the dude sat, he didn't absorb anything and wasn't going to be able to make it in the NFL. And then you go, and like we said, the season is kind of broken up into different parts. And so you go and you start at week 10, which gives you the second half numbers for the season. Jordan Love was Pro Football Focus's third graded passer over the course of the second half of the season. If you go in and look at EPA plus CPOE composite, which is expected points added and completion percentage over expected. If you go in, Jordan Love, third in the NFL over the second half of the season in that statistic as well. He's literally been one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL over the season. I I thought he was toast. Like, I'm seriously, I thought he was done. He's been really, really, really good. And then these like secondary receivers that have had to step in because Christian Watson has been injured. Bo Milton and Dontavian Wicks and all of that. Like these dudes are running routes on like 70 plus percent of all the dropbacks. They're getting 20 percent plus target shares and they're converting and doing very, very well for them. I I look at a game in which I expect both teams to be able to move the ball and score because as good as that offense has been, the defense has been equally poor. And so it's not like the Cowboys aren't going to be able to score on them in this. But I do I kind of feel like this is one of those last team has the ball type scenarios where we're going to be figuring out who, who, who wins this game. The Packers are going to be able to score. You look at the Cowboys defense and it's again, it's just an, it's just average. It's not bad, but it's just it's an average defense. It's it's somewhere sitting between 12 and 16 in any of the categories and stuff that you that you look at. And so I, I, I think on the other side of a touchdown is too much and we might see it again because it is the Cowboys and you know, they could get some money and come come kick off. You agree that if the Cowboys were to lose outright, McCarthy's gone and that oh, yeah. Jerry Jones is going to oh. take a shot. Out of Belichick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think it's done. Yeah. Um, boy, oh, boy. Would that he might be anyway, <laughs> even if they win. Yeah. <laughs> even if they yeah. win. That's right. Still might be in play because uh, they could lose next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, two more games to get to. Matt's got a side play in both. That's next. Numbers game. Visa, the sports betting network. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Hour number two of a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all from Barcanada, the Barrage, here at the D, downtown Las Vegas. Gil Alexander, Kelly Midland, everybody. Did you see the look Matt just gave me on the way out? It's because... Yeah, what was that about? It's because there's still these certain number of people in town that have no problem with the Caesars app whatsoever. 
Oh, dude. And, the, and then they look at me like I got two heads when I bring up having a problem of live betting or something oh, like so, that. So this, this is how you can tell if somebody pre-flops or live bets, right? If someone does not have a problem with the Caesars app, you know they're not live betting. Yeah, so, but like me and him have talked about this before. Apparently, he doesn't get the whole refresh thing like all the rest of us do. I tried to live bet a college basketball game last night, which I kid you not, rebooted three times on me. Three times. And also does this thing, too, because you get so frustrated with the reboot that then you're, you're quick on the finger. So you end up hitting something that you're not supposed to, which delays the process anymore. It's right. just no, so no, frustrating. Absolutely. And you yes. can't even like I've had to cross it off my list of live betting because you can't be wasting time live betting. You can't. When you're trying to get to a number. Uh, so it basically only leaves us with Boyd and stations in town where actually a numbers are up. It's infuriating. It's infuriating. Uh, still to come this hour. Gentlemen who are not infuriating at all. Uh, Jason Weingarten from Under a Cloud of Smoke. Uh, and Chris Felica joins us now from Fox Sports. He is the bear. You may know him as the bear. Uh, he's the host of the Bear Bets Pod, which he did in a sling this week uh, and has been since his shoulder surgery. Uh, he joins us now at the Bear Bets Pod headquarters there in Connecticut. It's Chris Felica, everybody. Bear Bets Pod, a college and pro football versions all year. But of course, we want to talk pro with him here and the Australian Open. How you doing, Chris? So I'm not great, but at least I'm not infuriating. I, so I will take that as a, uh, <laughs> as, as a small win. But yeah, home, home, so no sling at home. I'm allowed to be out of the sling when I'm at home, and I'm glad because like, the sling is kind of screwing up my neck and shoulder on this side from like pulling some. Now my, now my neck is killing me. Can, but, you, can you give us a show, uh, and tell how, show and tell how high you can move that arm? Up? Yeah. 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 Like, like, uh, am, I, am I getting to it? Uh, like, that's it. Oh, yeah. boy. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the thing with shoulder oh, surgery. Man. Yeah, my dad had had, 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 yeah. had PT this morning, and she and when I was doing the when I was doing the pulleys, uh, when you pull the pull, use the right arm to pull down, and it brings your left arm up. She said I was getting up to like one ten, which she said was pretty good for where I was at right now. And then when she was she was doing like the 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 push outwards, and she's like, yeah, you're only getting a like. 30 degrees there so that wasn't as good so but the, the pain is gone but she's like it's good. a long slow process okay six weeks like six weeks you should be feeling a lot better i was gonna say you're young enough you should get it back to full strength all right yeah. uh let's talk tennis first i'm doing a podcast with drew drew ditzik after the show i cannot wait for the tennis hardos out there australian open starts i guess pacific time uh, late afternoon tomorrow, evening, East Coast time tomorrow. So while we're watching football, basically, the Australian Open tennis's first major of the year will begin in uh, in Sydney, Australia. Excuse me, in Melbourne. Pardon me, Melbourne, Australia. Or as Ron Flatter calls it, Melbourne, because he takes the Australian accent. Uh, and it's really strange, yep. let me just say, with tennis as opposed to golf, right? Golf, you get to play some golf for a few months and then you start with a major right in april tennis is like uh did you just pick up your racket good major time so it's a little it's a little odd the australian open super fast hard courts what bets have you made sir well i, I made a, a bet on Ega to win at least two slams this year uh i found that uh, that was funny that was up at DraftKings a few months ago and i and i didn't play it at the time because you just want to make sure nothing happens in the run-up where she maybe she, she gets hurt in, in one of these run-up events and she misses Australia and misses an opportunity to win once up. And then it disappeared from drafting. So I was like disappointed. But the other day, uh, I did find it at FanDuel at plus 170 for, uh, for Ega to win two slams this year. So I'm, I'm pretty well invested in that. In, in terms of this tournament, I did play Ega to win her quarter. Uh, it, I think it was minus 125. I, I know it's a little difficult, but, but she should get through that. 
And if you can find like the will the champion come from like top half of the draw or the bottom half of the draw, I, I think top. I, I think this is either Iga or Elena Rabakina. Uh, Rabakina just crushed uh, Sabalenka in one of the warm-up events down there. And last year was kind of a lost year for Rabakina with some of her injuries uh, and illnesses that she had. Uh, she's been playing great. So I, I think either Iga or Rabakina uh, will wind up winning this thing. If you're looking for a little bit of a like a like a like a dark bro long shot quarter bet, uh, I always uh, gravitate towards on the women's side. Uh, whatever quarter Maria Sakari is one of the higher seeds in, uh, and she is in quarter three, and Coco Golf is also in her quarter. But but I thought uh, Beatrice Haddad Maya at sixteen to one to win that quarter. I, I thought that was worth uh, a, a play. Someone who likes hard courts. Um, she she's a little bit of a, a spitfire. A little runs runs a little hot and lets emotions get the best of her. From, from time to time, but but if she's serving well, uh, she certainly I think has the game, and she's in that in the top half. She's in soccer in soccer's like half of that quarter, so very easily you could find her playing Coco Golf with a chance to, to get to the uh, the semifinal. So th- those were the things that I really gravitated towards uh, for the Australian Open. I like all that you say, I really do, and nothing on the men's side. <laughs> men's men's didn't inspire you in the same I, way. I, I, you know what? I it, it doesn't because, I, and it's funny. I was texting a. Uh, uh, Chris Fowler, Brad Gilbert, the other day before the draw came out, I said, I don't know why, and maybe it's this whole Djokovic, did he hurt his wrist last week? Did he not hurt it? Like, and and I, 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 you probably disagree with me. Maybe you don't. Do you get a sense that we might be in for maybe one of these Medvedev, Runas, Varev, like, like, center, like maybe this is the time maybe. one of those guys yeah. kind of get through, like, I'm not necessarily sold Djokovic gets through and wins this one, even though he absolutely owns Rod Laver Arena and has won this slam more than any other one. But it, it would not surprise me if we saw what, what one of those young guns or someone pick up their first slam here. A wrist is a wrist, I think, as my mother once said. No, a wrist injury can be <laughs> can be serious for sure. He's won ten of these. I mean, you know, besides Rafa on clay, this is the greatest domination of any tournament by anyone ever. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, Yannick Sinner got a nice side of the draw, so that's a that's a bet that I would absolutely co-sign on. And I do think, because you mentioned him, and I do think that Daniil Medvedev is kind of the guy that everyone's forgotten yeah. about. Right. And so at 10 to one, that's an interesting play as well. Now, I, I have not made any bets on the men's side. I, I didn't bet anything quarters on either the women's or men's side. I have Iga every which way and other kinds of things, including uh, to win every set at 18 to one. But I have her to win three slams. I have her to win this tournament. I have her paired with the Niners and Ravens and all kinds of different things and with Novak. But there was no specific quarter bets that I like. But, yeah, I, I would I would absolutely agree with the notion that. This is not an absolute that Novak gets this done. And then, of course, we didn't even mention Carlitos, who it would surprise no one if he won everything that he ever entered, right? And get back to Medvedev, too. Like, like he loves the the fast fight. I remember in Indian Wells, he was complaining. I think think it was Indian Wells where he was complaining about how slow the court was. And, like, like the fact this is going to be light, this is right up his alley. Yes, it is. I mean, other than Novak, he, he can send the ball back. Uh, better than anybody else on, on tour. So I, I think this is a prime condition for him. And it would, I mean, he's in Runa's quarter as right. Like, like, I mean, that, I mean, Runa is someone who, it, since Andre Agassi has gotten, gotten with him, and I, I think he's kind of grounded him a little bit and he's matured quite a bit. He's played very well lately, too. So uh, a Runa Medvedev quarterfinal would be very, 
Yeah, and, and even Sitsipas, who I will never bet on, but he he's had great success yeah. at this tournament as well. Um, no, yeah, no. I can't never get there. Ever. I can't get there either. Uh, okay, we have a few minutes here. Your favorite Super Wild Card Weekend bets, sir, are I? I'm surprised that the Packers are down to seven. Like I, I, th- I thought the Cowboys might have taken money. Me too. Uh, I played Dallas. I played Dallas at seven and a half early in the week, thinking this thing might go to eight or eight and a half. Uh, if any, if it, if it moved that way at all, but uh, Green Bay took money, and, and that that's interesting because I, I think if you look at who Green Bay has played uh, the last few weeks of the, the week of the year, the quarterbacks that they have played, and maybe they've held uh, the, the Vikings quarterbacks down and Justin Fields and 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 whomever else. But I don't know. This is a different story with Dallas's offense. All they can do, both running and, and throwing, and, and yeah, there is some pressure on Mike McCarthy. I think to win this game and beat his former team, but. I, I like Dallas here, and, and I like Tampa. I, I know Matt was laying out a pretty good case for the Eagles and uh, documenting all of the injuries that that, that, that Tampa has as well and Matt Baker midfield here, but I, I don't know. I just, what if the Eagles just aren't good? Like, what if last year's Super Bowl run and all those games have just ultimately taken a toll on them and, and they're just not the team that we expected them to be? Remember, I mean, they started 10 and one, but remember it was seemingly like every single week oh, they at the start of the yeah. year, we, we were like, oh, they, they, oh, they won one. They, they got lucky there. They, they pulled another one out. Oh, they pulled another one out. Like, I mean, if they would have been five and five through their first 10 games, no one would have been surprised at all. So those are the two sides that I played. I did play a couple of uh, playoff props, though. I played uh, James Cook to have the most rushing yards wild card weekend at nine to one, uh, assuming he's going to get a lot of work. Uh, this week, especially if the weather is bad. Now, of course, they'll be expecting him to run the ball, but so maybe I didn't like. I don't like it as much now with the really, really bad weather report. Um, and and I took a flyer on Mike Evans to have the most receiving yards uh, at eighteen to one. And this is someone that this is something that uh Jeff Schwartz turned me on to yesterday on the pot. Uh, the Eagles' defense certainly is terrible. If Baker is okay, Evans could have a big game. Uh, and then I played two involving the uh, the Forty ers I played the Forty ers to win the NFC. Uh, I think it was plus 125. I got it at plus 110 a couple of weeks back, and I bought more at minus 125 because if they get to the if they win their one playoff game to get to the NFC Championship game, they're going to be bigger than that. And if you want to buy out and guarantee a profit, you could. And I played Brock Purdy at plus 550 draft things to uh, lead the the playoffs in passing yards because again, assuming they play the Eagles, a favorite scenario plays out, uh, then you get another team, maybe Dallas, that you can throw the ball all over in the NFC Championship game. You get to the Super Bowl, who knows what happens. But I'm expecting three games out of Brock Purdy, and I'm expecting two huge ones uh, in the NFC playoffs. So for Purdy, at uh, 550 to have the most passing yards is another one that I played. I like it. Niners and Ravens waiting, lurking for next week, uh, waiting for the divisional round. Chris, appreciate it. Hope your shoulder gets better, man. Enjoy everything. Tennis and football, man. We will. Absolutely. Have a great weekend, guys. You too. Chris Felica at Chris Felica, F-A-L-L-I-C-A, host of the Bear Bets Pod over there at Fox Sports, which our buddy Will Hill is part of as well. Uh, we'll come back. Kelly and I will give our NFL picks of the weekend and a PSA for the entire postseason next. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.